School education in Kaidish for boys, in Chabad in our times, what subjects should they learn? I want to tell you a story as an introduction to my response, which will be controversial. I heard the story from him, from the person with whom the story occurred himself. His name is Tzvi Yuir, Reb Meir Shtaymitz Shalom. He's the grandfather of Beda Lazar and Shleime Yafi and Yankee Tauber and many, many other precious Nishamis. He was a very, very interesting and unusual man. He was a very much an individual. And he came to Lubavitch in the early 50s because he was a principal in Besrifka. His principalship in Besivka didn't last very long, but he went into the Rebbe and told the Rebbe, I'm leaving Besivka, but I'm not leaving Lubavitch. And the Rebbe was delighted. So he told us at a Fabrengen, I heard this firsthand, that um, he was, he's an intellectual, he was a very intelligent man, and he was also a visionary. He would have made a, he was a teacher and a principal. He became later a businessman, but he did teach for a number of years, and I'm sure he was an exceptional teacher because he was very thoughtful, very creative, and he understood how you have to reach students. But when he was hired to be the principal of Besnifka, he sort of wanted to show off. He wanted to demonstrate his uniqueness in his thinking outside the box. So, of course, the story was that he, he met Rabbi Jacobson, who was the Manalo de Besnifka, and he was planning on doing a half a day in the morning Kodesh in Besifka and half a day Chayil in a different school to, to ascertain Parnasa, to guarantee Parnasa. When he told Rabbi Jacobson what he was planning to do, Rabbi Jacobson said, you either work for Besifka only or you can't work for us at all. And he was planning to not work for Besifka, but he had already come to 770 because part of his examination for qualification as a principal that he would have to meet the Rebbe. He was clean shaven at that time. So he came to 770 to meet the Rebbe, and he described, you know, this was 1952, the Rebbe was so youthful, and the Rebbe always did everything very fast and very efficient and without any tumult. And he got to observe the Rebbe up close, but the Rebbe also looked at him during the Mincha. Now before Mincha, Rabbi Jacobson had already basically fired him. Rabbi Jacobson told him that if you're going to work two jobs, you can't work for us, and he made the decision to take the other job rather than this job. But he was already here, so he davened Mincha, and his thought was that he was going to leave. But after the Rebbe saw him doing Mincha, apparently the Rebbe told Rabbi Jacobson, don't let this guy out of your sights. Because Rabbi Jacobson called him and said, no, no, I changed my mind. You can, you can work in Mishifka in the morning and someplace else in the afternoon. And that's how it stayed. So he met the Rebbe. So he went into the Rebbe. The Rebbe made an incredible impression on him. He wanted to impress the Rebbe. So he presented to the Rebbe the model of Chinuch of the Maral. The Maral held that you have to follow the Mishnah. The children until five should just be taught Ivre, how to read. From the age of five to the age of ten, and five means four in a day till nine, and the last day before you turn ten, they should be taught only Tanakh, only Mikra. And from 10 till 15, they should learn only Mishnah. And after 15, they should learn Talmud. And he held that it has to be this way. They shouldn't teach children 
at a, before 10 years old Mishnais and before 15 years old Gemara, and they should sort of graduate from Mikra and then Mishnah and then move on to Talmud. And he told the Rebbe that he believed that this is an approach to Chinuch. And the Rebbe smiled and said to him, The Rebbe's answer was, we see in fact that this is not how it's done. And what the Rebbe said to him, in other words, is, the way we're doing things is the way things are supposed to be. If the Maral had been right, the Gedele Yisrael, the Maral was 400 and something years ago, would have made the adaptation. So when you ask what should kids learn, they should learn what they're learning, um, which of course is Chumash, uh, Nevi'im, Mishnah, Gemara, Halacha, and Hasidus. I discussed in a previous segment in, on, on this how as the children age, the emphasis has to shift from knowing the information, memorizing information, knowing the information, understanding the information to be able to learn it on their own. And this is absolutely necessary. But these are the subjects that the children learn. They learn they learn Chumash, they learn Naviyim, they learn Mishnah, they learn Halacha, they learn Gemara, they learn Chasidus. That's what they should learn. The boys don't learn history, which is a very interesting question. Why they don't learn history? But that's the system as it is at the moment. Maybe that's something that should be added. But here's, here's where it gets tricky. And I'll start with the easy one. Hasidus. We're teaching Hasidus to younger and younger children. Kids in the eighth grade are already learning Tanya. Um, not so long ago, young children didn't learn Hasidus at all. And even when Masifta boys learned Chassidus, they only learned it in the evening. They're, 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 7 o'clock in the morning they davened, 9 o'clock in the morning they went to learn Gemara, and Chassidus was only at night. And the idea of having Chassidus in the morning didn't start till they finished high school, till they finished Masifta. Big boys learned Chassidus in the morning at night. And this has been changed. Personally, I question it. I don't know if the Rebbe would approve of that or not. I personally feel that young boys should learn a little Hasidus, let them be thirsty for it. And when they get to the Zal, they'll learn Hasidus morning and night. Um, but obviously, I've been overruled. But this is a very, very complicated question. I'll tell you why. I don't think, I don't have a doubt, that the Rebbe wants kids to learn Hasidus from a very early age. The Rebbe believes and holds that the solution to the tests of our times and all the confusion, whether it's you know, the tests that come from the world or the emotional pressures that the children deal with, and the fact that their lives are so complicated emotionally can be answered by chassidus. And the Rebbe certainly is in favor of children learning chassidus from a very, very young age. The practical question is, what's the wisdom of learning so much with them? On the one hand. On the other hand, I'm a firm believer that if you're going to learn chassidus, you have to teach it. Chassidus is not emotion. Chassidus is academic. It's a learning. And it has to be taught by people who understand it. And you will be surprised, it's probably more difficult to find a qualified Hasidist teacher, in other words, who understands the material and delivers it in a way that the children can understand it, than it is to find a Gemara teacher. Because not everybody who teaches Hasidus literally understands it. And I think that learning Hasidus is supposed to be intellectual. There's the point of Hasidus, which is the emotion and the spirit, but learning Hasidus has to be intellectual. There's a part of me that believes that children's chasidis could be pashat sipuri tzadikim to tell stories. One of the things that I did on my website was tell the stories of all the rabbeim, beginning with the Baal Shem Tov, pretty much in order. I didn't complete it all because I always needed an audience, but a lot of it is already there. And 
these classes I did with my 10th grade Tanya boys when I started out as a young Mashpia 30 years ago, and that's what they remember. I think that it's realistic to say, it's reasonable to say that children should, the Hasidus should be the history of Hasidus, the history of the meaning of Hasidus, the idea that Hasidus has to do with the heart and has to do with the neshama and has to do with Amuna and has to do with Simcha and has to do with Kabbalah Seil. That's also Hasidus and perhaps this should be the focus on children when they're younger and the learning from the Sfarim, especially besides for Tanya. Tanya is different, should be perhaps when they're a little bit older. So this is just uh, raising an issue about learning Hasidus. Now, the second thing is learning Halacha. I think it's very important for people to understand that you learn Halacha to know what to do, which creates a very big dilemma in Chabad, because one of the hardest Svarim Halacha in the world is the Alter Rebbe Shafanaruch. It's a very difficult limud. It's not easy. And if kids learn and think it's easy, it's because they're not getting it. And I believe that children should master the Kitzah Shochanarach first, the whole of it, except, of course, the few sections that are irrelevant to them, matters of Ishos and matters of Avelos. Um, and you have now Kitzah Shochanarach with Piski Harav, you know, Rabbi Levi with Piski, Allah Vashalem, Zechreinah Levracha, wrote into the Kitzah Shochanarach all the Psakim of the Alter Rebbe with sources, everything is sourced. Um, and kids have to know the Kitzah Shochanarach. And they have to really, in my opinion, when they reach a certain age, be able to read it and translate it by themselves. Halacha is not hard to understand. It's hard to do. But halacha is easier to learn than Mishnah. It's certainly easier to learn than Gemara. It's simply a question of knowing the meaning of the words. And kids need to learn halacha in a way that it teaches them what to do. And Alter Rebbe Shachanarach, I think, sometimes throws people off. I mean, some yeshivas, Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch is a supplement to the Gemara. You're learning Masech the Shabbos, you're learning Hilchus Shabbos. So I'm not saying Chas Vashom, people should learn Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, but I think we have to appreciate that in the younger grades for sure, it's simply too difficult. And since the point of learning Halacha is to know what to do, perhaps that should be delayed to a later age or to the especially bright children. And in my fantasy, kids should have mandatory uh, expectations. How much kitsa shochanach do I have to know by this grade? How much kitsa shochanach do I have to know by this grade? There's no reason we can't create standardized tests for kitsa shochanach. All Jews in the world study kitsa shochanach. There's differences in custom. So our kitsa shochanach would be with the Piske Arav, and somebody else's kitsa shochanach would be the psakim of the Mishnah Bruder, or whatever the case is. But there's no reason there can't be a, a system where kids cover a certain amount of simonim each year, and they're tested on it, and they're expected to know it. Now here's where you get to the controversy. The controversy is Gemara. And this is uh, a very unpleasant subject, but everybody knows it. The system is that by the time the children reach a certain age, and for most boys it's high school, Masifta, they spend most of the time learning Gemara. When you get to Beis HaMedesh, Gemara is four or five or six hours a day. Gemara is hard. It's very hard. Even Gemara and Rashi. Toysvis is extraordinarily hard. Toysvis is one of the hardest to be shoinim, and Toysvis was to be on the page, and that's why we learn Toysvis rather than other shoinim. Nobody wants to say that maybe we need two tracts in Ayushidas. It could start even by the time the kids are in the seventh or the eighth grade, and it could be a choice, and it would create a competition which would benefit everybody where one tract would be the traditional yeshiva tract where the preeminent limud is Gemara. 
But to learn Gemara, you need to be very self-motivated. And you need to be willing to work hard. And Gemara is very tricky. You think you understand it and you don't. You think you have it down pat and you have it wrong. And most importantly, you think you remember it correctly and you don't. Gemara is a brilliant limut. It's a brilliant, one of the most exciting and enjoyable things a person can do. If you get it. And you see it amongst Lamdim, real Tamid Echachamim, delight in Gemara like kids delight on a roller coaster. But so many boys never experience that pleasure. Never. Even if they get good grades, because they posh it, don't understand it. And it takes a certain kind of mind and a certain kind of discipline. And a kid should sign on to a Gemara tract, means he's prepared to put in the incredible amount of work. When you start learning Gemara, you have to cover very little ground and understand it very well. And the reason you're doing that is because you're building not cumulative knowledge, but you're building cumulative skill. Meaning, if in learning Chumash, and in learning Halacha, and in learning Mishnah, the ratio of the collection of information to the development of skills is, let's say, 50-50, in Gemara it's 90-10, or 95-5. It's all about developing the skills, and it's all about learning the patience. That's the magic word. The patience to be able to study it. Kids are learning Gemara when they're very young, and they're really just memorizing it. They try to teach them easier Gemaras. But they're fooled by what they get in those early ages, and this fool being fooled leads to a complacency, and then when they're supposed to challenge themselves, because you can't challenge a boy to learn Gemara. You can't. You can bring him to it, but he has to have a will. So my radical proposal, it's not a proposal, it's just a, I'm saying what a lot of people are thinking out loud and let the chips fall where they may, let the controversy begin, let the criticism come. If we divided up our schools from even from uh, later elementary grades and the children would get to choose a Gemara tract or a much more um, pluralistic tract like La Havdal, they do in secular subjects and the way the girls learn in our schools, um, where they have many subjects, and many teachers, and many tests, and much of their learning is uh, memorization. And they could even have a Gemara class, but it could be once or twice a week for an hour, rather than four or five hours a day, five or six days a week, or seven days a week. For many students, they would relate to what they're doing better, because learning Gemara is difficult, and I would if this radical idea would ever be considered that we should critically examine the tradition of how our yeshivas are run based on the simple fact that in the old country only the best minds went to yeshiva and today everybody goes to yeshiva or to say it in other words in the old country learn yeshiva was strictly about learning so the best minds went and learned today yeshiva being a jew we send our kids to school to be jewish but they have to be busy and 80% of what they do with their time is learn. And if 80% of what you're doing is not working for you, you're wasting your mind, you're wasting your life, and you're wasting yourself, and you're going to be miserable. So if this would be something that people... I'm just saying it out loud. If we would contemplate changing our curriculum, dividing up our school into two groups, you get to choose. You get to choose in the fifth grade, or the sixth grade, or the seventh grade, and of course, they would create a a venue where a little bit later you get to choose again. If a kid turns by mitzvah and says, you know what, I want to try Gemara. But you have to understand if you're going into a Gemara tract, you're taking on a burden of learning, which is 
75% on the student and 25% on the teacher. If the burden of learning is 70% in the classroom and 20% in the student, you can't really teach Gemara in a useful way. It just doesn't work. So this is the radical thing that I want to say about learning, that I, I'm not a God of Yisrael, I'm not a, in any way holy. This kind of a question has to be addressed, not just by great teachers, but by great rabbis, because this is a religious question, this is not an academic question, because some will argue, and perhaps correctly, that you don't only learn Gemara for the development of the skills and the knowledge, but it's something deeper. But if we would consider giving children at a certain point a choice, where if Gemara is too hard, they don't have to learn Gemara. And then you could add all those other subjects for boys. You could emphasize Navi much more. You could emphasize Tanakh, Chumish with Rishonim, like the girls do much more. They could learn more Halacha, which I think is very important. They could also learn history. And they could also learn all kinds of interesting practical things in Yiddishkeit, like I mentioned in the, in the previous segment, um, how to be a Sefer, how to make a Kesha Shel Tefillin, how to make Tzitzis, and even how to be a Shorichet. And there are many uh, hands-on things that boys could learn that would work for a lot of boys who are more technically skilled than they are intellectually uh, charged. So um, I'm going to put this up at great personal risk and uh, let people muse. Thank you.